Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Welcome to the show here on the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet Network. Welcome to ESSR Central. I'm your host, Ross McLeod, the A host, or A something else, depending <laughs> on your thoughts on me. <laughs> Joined, as always, by my ever rotating guest host chair. This week in the guest host chair, it's David Hockney. David, how are you? Um, uh, I'll say it's, I'm having mixed, mixed emotions today. It's just been a long day at work, but. Uh, at least I can put that to rest for now and turn my attention to what matters most, and that's news coverage here on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I was about to say, you know, don't bring the listeners down. It's still game. Jesus, Jack, that's far too personal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When I nip over to the shops in the afternoon. (laughs) um, But, uh, yeah, we're here on Central. We have a massive back catalogue of a Central episode of feature shows, I always say previews, interviews, news and reviews. We've not had an interview for a while. That's changed this past Sunday. Uh, John Isherwood, one of our co-hosts here in Central, got a chance to sit down with the current ROH pure heavyweight champion, Jonathan Gresham. He is, or Gresham, I can never pronounce it right. Uh, John got to go in-depth with uh, what's currently happening with Ring of Honor, uh, his new promotion, Terminus, uh, wrestling for progress and uh, impact wrestling and so much more so you should check that out that is on itunes anchor spotify and all good android podcasting sites just search eat sleep suplex retweet and of course if you want to get involved in the conversation at suplex retweet twitter facebook instagram youtube eat sleep suplex retweet community over on facebook you can Occasionally see David Campbell trying to take over my show there by occasionally posting a question when he can be asked, uh, And, yeah, you can get involved in the conversations. Let us know your thoughts on all the news and wrestling. So, David, I mentioned there's another rotating um, guest host chair here on Central. There's yourself, there's Chris, there's Scott, and there's John. So, I'm going to start a wee... A wee, a wee league. I'm going to start a wee quiz league, a wee mini quiz every okay. week here on Central. So, I'm going to give you a wee minute on the clock. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read you, if you don't know, just say pass. Okay, yep. that's... Okay. And your time starts now. Who is the main host of WWE's internet show, The Bump? Uh, Caleb Braxton Name one of the two teams in this year's Men's Dusty Cup Final MSK Who's the current X Division Champion? You bastard Uh, Chris Miguel Trey Miguel, sorry Trey Miguel Name an Intercontinental Champion from the year 2000 Chris Jericho Which city will host AEW Revolution? Uh, Jacksonville. Who is older, Happy Corbin or Keith Lee? Keith Lee. How many pay-per-views have WWE done in Saudi Arabia? Seven. Where did China win the Intercontinental title in a mixed tag match? What pay-per-view? 
Unforgiven, 2000. Okay, I'll stop you there. How do you think you did? Not great. I think <laughs> the first started off fairly well, but then it sort of just went downhill. I just randomly guessed. Well, let's go through it. So, uh, the main host of WWE's internet show, The Bump, is Kayla Braxton. You got that right. Yep. Uh, one of the two teams in the men's Dusty Final, which we'll get into later on, uh, Diamond Mind and MSK, Diamond Mine, I should say, and MSK. Mm-hmm. Current X Division champion is Trey Miguel. You said Chris Miguel. I'm going to have to say the first answer. Oh, bugger off. I'm going to be this harsh on everyone. Name an IC champion from the year 2000, Chris Jericho. I mean, if I said name a champion from any year, <laughs> Chris Jericho. Uh, AEW Revolution is in Orlando. Oh, right state, though, at least. <laughs> um, you said Keith Lee's older. Happy Corbin is two months older than Keith Lee. Damn it. Uh, and again, close but no cigar. WWE has done six pay-per-views Damn it. in Saudi Arabia. Elimination Chamber will be the seventh. That's why I was thinking, yeah. And because China... Because they, they had to skip it one year, yeah. <laughs> and China won, <laughs> won the Intercontinental title at SummerSlam 2000, not Unforgiven 2000. I had to come up with that one on the spot here because I've got the list of... <laughs> The IC champions in front of me, I thought, a minute, he'll not get through seven in a minute. Like, <laughs> not, have, you, have you seen me on quizzes I before? Went, I literally, I went, whoever I look up and see first, that's who the question's going to be. So, generally, if it was one more down, it was going to be, when did Eddie Guerrero die? Because that he's the next champion. Jeez, oh. But let's count that up. You got Caleb Braxton, the Dusty Final, the year 2000. You got a score of three. So... Mm. I wasn't far off. With the, I wasn't far off with some of the other answers too. I just maybe just got unlucky. When the pressure's on, mm-hmm. there'll be people going, "Oh, that was easy," and then they'll come on here and make an ass of it. <laughs> For sure. Right. So, well, I mean, technically, you're still top of the leaderboard because you're the first person to do this. So, hey, I'll take it. Top of the league. Uh, we'll see how John Isherwood gets on next week when we interview him so we we tend to we tend to do this Dave where you and I get put on central when there's been a delayed central from the week before so we'll <laughs> not get we'll not get a, a an awful lot to talk about but what I do want to know is um, the Royal Rumble's still fresh in people's mind the fallout's still being felt um, with the, the you know the news that Shane McMahon's left and more and more stuff's been coming out about that, what were your thoughts about the the Royal Rumble as a whole? Just well, the the two Royal Rumble matches. Uh, the women's was definitely better than the men's. If I'm going to put some immediate thoughts out there, I think as soon as Ronda showed up, it was a really nice surprise. But when she entered, you thought, right, yeah, she's probably going to win this, and. It just goes to show the lack of diversity on the women's roster at the minute. Like having to rely on so many like superstars from the past and some legends as well. Like I don't recall any NXT representation in that women's rumble yet. They've seemed to have done it every year for, since its inception. So yeah, I, I had mixed feelings on on both the women's and the men's rumbles. Like I think it's safe to say the men's rumble wasn't received very well. Once you learn in hindsight about, you know, the whole booking process, Shane McMahon's involvement, and I think just the general overall lack of genuine surprises uh, 
kind of spoiled it for me, especially after Brock Lesnar had lost the WWE title. Everybody almost assumed he was going to enter at number 30 and then just win the whole thing because they just put all their eggs in one basket with Roman and Brock headlining WrestleMania this year. It doesn't really give much wiggle room to maybe suggest, oh, wait, maybe we could go this way or could go that way. So long and short of it, it was... It was more predictable than I would have wanted and probably one of the worst I've seen in the last few years. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely worst since, I'd say, the 2015 one. Because I agree. I, I, I thought 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20 and 21 all had good moments, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, a, a lot of the time, either a fan favourite or someone who the crowd cheered at the end won. This this was a bit of a debacle. We've we mm-hmm. went in here in depth, myself and Chris. Uh, if you want to listen to two hours of us moaning again, easily <laughs> suplex retweet. Uh, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. Um I will say this though, it wasn't the worst of all. I still say 2015 is the worst of all. Oh no, absolutely. But um me and uh, me and Chris last week we recorded on a Friday. We didn't get a chance to discuss the winner of the Royal Rumble's choice. So it looks like it's going to be Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. Uh, and Charlotte Flair, uh, there's rumours that next year in Hollywood is going to be Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch. And there was almost a, a wee nod to that. Ronda Rousey telling Charlotte Flair, you're not special. You're just the first bitch I owe a receipt to. I thought that was <laughs> Yeah, I think that was pretty well done, you know, given that obviously Ronda's last match, uh, bar the Rumble, was WrestleMania 35, when all three of them were in the main event. And I remember we watched that around at Gary's house, and it was pretty groundbreaking just to see, you know, an all-female main event for once. Uh, And I've been watching WrestleMania for best part of 15 years now, and yeah, it just... It's nice to see that they're sort of building on the back of it, but at the same time... I'm, I'm... I'm not a huge fan of WWE planning so far in advance that they've already got like the next year's WrestleMania main event already penciled in because you never know what could change in this in the space of a year. But it just reminds me of like WrestleMania 28, you know, when Cena and The Rock were booked basically a year in advance and they just did everything in their power to work their way around it, despite the the historic rise of CM Punk as the breakout star. And it's sort of yeah, I think it just sets the tone that WrestleMania is just mostly about, you know, getting the big names in for the big spectacle, whereas some of these lifer superstars on the women's roster are just sort of being neglected. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, um, it, I mean, it is a bit hard to, to get invested when certain people disappear from time to time. You know, Ronda disappears, a uh, we bring, you know, part-time talent back for WrestleMania, but at the same time, um, WWE's women's division isn't exactly great at the minute. You know, there's a lot of lot of stale people there, a lot of people like Tamina and Natalia that really need to be let go. Um, oh, sorry, just a quick thing. I forgot to actually mention this one. I was listening to uh, Nia Jax's... Um, interview with Renee Paquette mm-hmm. on the Sessions podcast and they were talking about uh, the Women's Royal Rumble and how uh, Nia Jax was offered a spot 
And it turns out it, they were phoning people and asking them, would you like to be in the Royal Rumble? However, it was phoning them so they could make a list of people to take to Vince McMahon. And then Vince McMahon would say, yeah, I'll take her. No, I don't want her. I'll take her, not her. So essentially they were phoning to be put to the second round of interviews. <laughs> so when WWE's doing that with their women's division at the minute, um, I don't think we can be surprised that Ronda Rousey is picked, but uh, Rousey versus um, Charlotte was the original planned main event. WWE, you, you mentioned not being a plan of them uh, booking ahead. Mm-hmm. We um we talked about the lack of uh, an advance booking, me and Chris, last week. And yet, whenever they book in advance, there's always someone out of nowhere that just a, like, becomes a megastar. You know, Punk during the build to WrestleMania 28 and Becky Lynch during the build to WrestleMania 35. So much so that they ended up having to put Becky in the match. And she won. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's... It is wild. It's yeah, it is a weird one for sure. But um I think WWE's finally just decided, right, we're going with what we want this year. Screw all you fans, because you're getting Charlotte Ronda. Charlotte, Ronda, Charlotte Ronda was the original plan. They couldn't deny Becky now, but Becky's our superstar on her own right now, so it's aye. It's a case of, well, hang on. You know, if Becky's our own star now, we can now go back to this match. We can go back to this well. Mm, yeah, I suppose so. Um, but then again, this is a, we're also getting the third WrestleMania main event featuring Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar as well. I think I, people were excited about this up until the thoughts of a title unification match came up. I, I don't really mind Roman Brock and I don't really mind Rousey uh, Flair because I think they're going to be good. But I yeah, I, I do get why some people are like, oh, is this Vince getting his way sort of thing? Pardon me. But um, speaking of Ronda Rousey, she was reportedly spoken to backstage by officials after her uh, post-Royal Rumble win uh, promo. A... Uh, she left the mat, uh, Becky Lynch laying on the mat. Uh, the promo seemed to fall flat with the live crowd. You know, she was teasing, going about to pick Becky and put her uh, in the cross arm breaker, only to tell her, "You'll get my, you'll get my, um, you'll get my decision on Friday." So, speaking on Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer noted that Rousey was spoken to about her attitude and how she presented herself in the promo. He said, I believe that people were talking about her Monday. She acknowledged the fans. She was very, very bitter coming back. And I think it wasn't a good attitude to have, especially since they want to portray her as a baby face. People, when they saw her go, oh my God, she's being a heel. It's like, no, that's just Rhonda. And then they had to talk her out of basically going, these people are cheering you. You have to acknowledge them. You don't, you don't mean mug them. I know people have talked to her about certain things. It was explained that you have to let that go, the fans turning on her, because if you're going to be better about it, then you're not going to be a very good baby face. Um, I I didn't really see her as a heel with these promos. I just seen her as sort of, like she's a woman on a mission, you know, the her only loss was at WrestleMania. 
she lost in the main event against Becky and Charlotte. She wants to take out Charlotte and then she's going to go on a mission and take out uh, Becky Lynch. Like, I, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I, I think Ronda Rousey worked better as a, a sort of anti-hero because the sort of smiling, cheery baby face, that kind of got old after a while. Mm-hmm. It just didn't suit her personality as a whole. And you've got you've sort of got to tailor your character to like who you are as a person. And I always find that makes the most natural delivery of storytelling. And Rhonda, when you see her in like the UFC and stuff, you know, she was just a straight up badass. Like she didn't care, like, you know, how big, how small you are. Didn't I don't think she even cared if you're a man or a woman. Like she will batter you regardless. And, you know, people joke about her scowly face and whatnot, but uh I think, yeah, I think the anti-hero definitely fits her character better. You know, someone with good intentions, but may not always portray themselves as the the happy-go-lucky sort of underdog. Because she, if anybody knows her accomplishments, uh, you know she's anything but an underdog. She was the top brass of the women's division from 2018 to 2019. And I'm glad she's, in a way, I'm glad she's back because... You know, she had such an influence over the the women's division. But at the same time, you have to be able to deliver that in in a promo. And if she's going to cut about being, you know, sort of a babyface character, then, of course, do it in an anti-hero way. Just make sure you get people engaged with it and get people cheering for her. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree there. Um <laughs> She won't be on a... So she's going after the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, we still have to figure out who's going to go after the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania 38. Uh, and since myself and Chris last did this show, three new matches have been announced for WWE's Elimination Chamber coming to you from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia and the Jeddah Superdome. Uh, the sil- you, mean the sil- you mean the Silver Dome? The Silver Dome, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss. Uh, Roman Reigns defending the Universal title against Goldberg, the match we didn't get two years ago. And an Elimination Chamber match for the number one contendership. Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Drew Drop, Nikki ASH, and to be announced. So I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get too excited here because people did point out that They've done this before where, you know, they've left, you know, a Survivor Series teammate blank for weeks on end and then just kind of went, oh, by the way, yeah, it's Natalia. Or left, you know, a spot open in an elimination chamber and then a week before it's just, oh, yeah, the big show's going to be in it. But if, if someone returns, David, who would you like it to be and will they go on to WrestleMania to face Becky Lynch? I'm going to go with Asuka because there are a lot of rumors floating around that she could possibly return for the the Women's Royal Rumble, but she's been out for quite a while due to, I think she's been dealing with injury and also spending time with her family. I reckon she's the most likely option. Bailey is a SmackDown superstar, so I don't think it's going to be her, but it would be nice to see her possibly jump ship. But I think realistically, it's going to have to be Asuka but I don't think she's necessarily the favorite to win because I've also seen some rumors that we might get Becky Bianca again. So if I was a betting man, 
I would actually put my hedge my bet on Bianca winning the elimination chamber. So I I, I was thinking earlier about who it could be. I like the storyline for both Becky and Asuka. Asuka is the last woman to beat Becky in a championship match, uh, defeating her, defeating her at uh, TLC with the help of Ronda Rousey, albeit, and then defeating her uh, the the opening match of the Royal Rumble twenty nineteen. Uh, sorry, I hate to correct you, but Becky defeated Asuka the following year at the twenty twenty Royal Rumble. Yeah, but she's the, still the last woman to defeat Becky Lynch in a championship match. Oh, you mean just in general? Yeah. Oh, sorry, my bad. No, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so I like the idea of this this storyline they're building that every active day since WrestleMania 35, uh, Becky Lynch has been a champion. I would like it if the person to end that reign was the person that ended the last reign, or her last reign, because they're sort of intertwined, you know, she she ended her SmackDown. In fact, you know what? I'm talking rubbish. Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair beat Becky at Money in the Bank. But yeah, I, she I, did. I, I built this all up in my mind, like she beat her for the SmackDown women's title and she she and then then Becky had to go away. So in exchange for the money in the bank, Asuka got the raw woman. I'd all this built up in my head and I just completely one of Charlotte's many unforgettable title rings I just completely forgot about. Um, but she was still a champion because she was Becky Two Belts, so she still had the Raw Women's title at the time. That's well, maybe where the confusion the was. Person to make sure she wasn't a champion. <laughs> My story's still on. Uh, and um, that that run Becky had with the Raw Women's title before she had to vacate it, before going away to, to become a mother, um, the only... I, I, she fought Bailey in the Triple Threat Survivor Series, but I don't think she defended the title against her. I think Bailey was on SmackDown uh, quite a bit, uh, quite involved in the SmackDown women's title scene. So she was really the only horsewoman, or really the only woman on the roster, all in, that she didn't beat in a title match. So mm-hmm. Bailey versus Becky, it's sort of the sort of the only fresh version of the four horsewomen we have left because. Becky's fought uh, Charlotte so many times. Charlotte's fought Sasha so many times. Sasha and Becky have fought so many times. Sasha and Bailey, Bailey and Charlotte. So Bailey and Becky, it's sort of an, a newer one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I, I don't actually think we've really they've been involved in multi-person matches and uh, possibly a few tags, but I don't ever think they've had a one-on-one title match. So it'd be good to see. Uh, Bailey versus Becky, but as you mentioned, the speculation is Bianca Belair. She does look the favourite for this. You know, I'd like Rhea Ripley to win it. Aye. I'm just looking at this now. Rhea Ripley in NXT after beating uh, Shayna Baszler was on top of the world, and then she she has her thing in NXT. Losing to Charlotte didn't affect her, but for the NXT title, but then losing the Raw women's title to Charlotte and then the whole getting DQ'd and then it's a double count out and then Nikki ASH gets involved and then it's just, it's it's harmed her to the point where I really don't care about her now and I, I really want to care about her because I remember 
the NXT champion. I remember the first ever NXT UK Women's Champion. I'd love for Rhea Ripley to win at the Elimination Chamber and then go on to dethrone Becky and be, be like, just use that as a launching pad like she used the Shayna Baszler victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Rhea Ripley would be a dark horse to win this match given the, the speculation, etc. And you know what? I actually wouldn't be surprised if they had Liv Morgan have another shot at Becky given the whole controversial finish at day one. Uh, so I think there's still a couple of outside bets that could still... But the favourites are... Bianca's probably the favourite, and if Asuka's going to be the the, miss it, the the sixth person, I think those two are probably the most likely, but I wouldn't say wouldn't say no to a Rhea or Liv victory either. What about... Um, we, we can skip Happy Corbin, uh, Drew McIntyre... Sorry, Drew McIntyre, Madcap Moss. I just so hope this doesn't lead to Drew versus Happy at WrestleMania. We don't need to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Roman Reigns versus Goldberg for the Universal title, what do you think of that? Uh, I mean, it certainly appeals to the... It'll be one to appeal to the old Attitude Era WCW fans, etc. You know, getting to see Goldberg again. Uh, maybe I'm being a bit harsh, though, because he actually had a pretty decent match with Bobby Lashley at uh, Crown Jewel. Uh, I... Mm, I think if they could if they could replicate what they did with uh, Goldberg and Brock at Mania 33, I think it might actually turn out okay. But I'm not expecting a you know a 30 minute classic of technical mastery oh, and stuff. Oh, it's oh. going to be the full on big meaty men slapping meat <laughs> type match, which will probably only last about five minutes. But who cares? Like that's what suits Goldberg. I think it will probably what will suit Reigns as well in some capacity, given his matches when he came back were often quite, quite much shorter than what we're used to seeing. So, and it is the match we are supposed to get at Mania 36, but obviously COVID uh, put a stop to that. Um, I'm actually quite intrigued. I, I hope it, I hope it delivers something good, even though most people's expectations aren't very high. Yeah, I, I look forward to it. It's the spear versus the spear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look forward to that. You know what I mean? I, I like the fact that it was a match we didn't get a couple of years ago. But, um, hey, Goldberg has won the Universal title twice in the month of February. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it past him doing it again. I wouldn't put it past Big Brock winning the WWE title and then later in the night costing Roman. Roman fights Brock for the WWE title and someone faces Goldberg for the Universal title. <laughs> well, that would uh, that'd throw a wrench in the works. But remember, we were supposed to get Reigns-Lesnar at day one. But So I think maybe they've just decided to maybe go with that WrestleMania. I'm not sure, sh- because I think Goldberg's actually only contracted for one more match, and that's the, the Chamber. I don't know if he's I don't think anybody's actually discussed any WrestleMania plans for Goldberg at this stage. No, he was... Um, was he not on the Royal Rumble in 2021 but didn't do WrestleMania? Um, Pop Drew McIntyre, didn't he? Yeah, he faced Drew at last year's Rumble. But he... Was he at Mania that? No, I don't think he was at Mania that year. No, he, he didn't do Mania because that that was a big thing. It was 
there was no Goldberg, there was no Cena, there was no Triple H, and there was no no, Lesner. no Undertaker, no Brock Lesnar. Yeah, it was a, it was. I mean, I put it this way: I I was happy to see the fans back, but I think when you look at that card in hindsight, you see the importance of these big stars and what they bring to WrestleMania. At the same time, though, I mean, maybe they were still just testing the water with, like, don't try and, you know, splash the cash on an old, on a name on a big name from the past. Like, focus on the talent you already have. Those that are hungry for, you know, even just a spot on the WrestleMania card, and you know they're just gonna try and deliver. So, and I and I, you get a lot of online marks say, look, we want to focus on the they want to focus on the superstars of today. You know, give them storylines, give them characters to work with, or just let them be themselves, and you can have just as an effective WrestleMania card as long as they're able to engage with fans. But it's one of those old fables. It's like if it's a name from the past that was an iconic name, it's going to put butts in seats. Yeah, of course. Like people are draws for a reason. They don't just stop being draws. Mm-hmm. But hey, I look forward to go. I I hope it's a great match. I really do. Mm-hmm. Aye, same here. So we're gonna. We can't really talk about this. We talked about um, on on last week's. Would you call it? Uh, on last week's Central, we were predicting who, who will Ronda go for. Uh, on this week's Central, we're predicting who's going to show up in AEW because Tony Khan has confirmed his big announcement is regarding uh, a free agent signing tonight on uh, AEW Dynamite. He'll take on uh, Isaiah, is it Isaiah Cassidy? Isaiah Cassidy from Isaiah Private Cassidy, Party, yeah. yeah. He'll take on them, and uh, I believe it's a qualifier for the Revolution uh, ladder match at mm-hmm. uh, at Revolution on March sixth. I um, I have no idea who it could be because a lot of people's contracts are coming up. A lot of people predicting Keith Lee, but he's just got married. He's posting that he's on his honeymoon. Of course, with wrestling, you never believe someone's not there until they don't show up. Uh, rumors of Johnny Gargano. It's been that's been rumored for a while. Carrion Cross also rumored along with Scarlett Bordeaux. Um, who who would you like to see, David? And then who do you think it will be? Well, there's one glaring name that's yet to be mentioned, and I think given private parties associations in AEW, I think this would make a very very interesting opponent. I'm going to say Jeff Hardy is the mystery opponent because think about it matt has got the association with private party i mean we all know what jeff can do in a ladder match and he's been a free agent ever since he was let go because of that weird incident at the live event where wwe thought he was on drugs but turns out he wasn't and they had to sort of make up for him you know offering him a hall of fame spot which he turned down by the way and i I would be very curious to see Jeff Hardy uh, compete in another ladder match and possibly either have some form of interaction, whether it's for or against uh, the Hardy house stable. I I have no interest in seeing Jeff Hardy in AEW. Can I just say that right now? There is, so. There's no... 
Hardy Boys match, I want to see. I saw them take on the Young Bucks in a ladder match in Ring of Honor. I have no interest in seeing them take on Jurassic Express or Private Party. I have no interest in any more Broken Universe stuff or Brother Nero stuff. I have, and to be honest, I've not got much of an interest in Jeff Hardy. It was nice to see him in WWE when he was popping up on TV, but really, it's not... We, we talk about people like Goldberg and all that. Jeff Hardy was around when Goldberg was about, you know what I mean? He might be about 10 years younger, but he, you know, he's still been about... How many times can I see someone swan Tom bomb off a ladder? I, I, I don't want it to be Jeff Hardy. I would much rather it was... I imagine he'd go under his original name, Killer Cross. I'd much rather him and see him be built back up to that absolute beast that we saw in NXT. Mm. I just have no interest in seeing, you know, the... Because if, uh, if Private Party are currently part of House Hardy and then Jeff joins and then it'll be the, the, the eventual mistrust and then all of a sudden... You know, we're going to have to portray Matt as a baby face and then Matt becomes a baby face again and then, you know, he's going to pull out the big white streak. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I just, I don't, I don't want that. I don't care. Uh, just one slight flaw in your Killer Cross theory. Uh, is he not part of the Control Your Narrative stable with uh, EC3 and Adam Sher on the Indies? I can't remember which promotion they're with. Is, is it Impact or is it Ring of Honor? I think control the narrative is their own thing. Like okay. they they put on their own shows and their own matches. Um but the they they did show up at Ring of Honor, uh, Adam Sher and um EC three, but they didn't sign long term like no one has a contract with Ring of Honor at the minute, so they're free to go wherever they want. Mm-hmm. But I'd, I'd much rather Killer Cross. I think Keith Lee's on his honeymoon. Let him enjoy his honeymoon, for God's sake. Um, mm-hmm. And apparently they are saying, it said, they'll walk through the forbidden door and then slam the door shut as they sign a contract with AEW. So it, it doesn't suggest they're going anywhere like after this. It just it suggests that it's just a case of, I'm here, this is where I'm going to be. Which makes, it, which makes it all the more reason why it could be Jeff, you know, spends his last few years with AEW before retiring. I, I, don't, I don't doubt that it could be Jeff, by the way. I'm not just saying, oh, that's a ridiculous statement. You'd just, I just, just rather see someone else, yeah. Yeah, I'd rather see someone, even like, I don't even want Jeff to pop back up in WWE. Yeah, you know, I'm, like, he pops back up in a rumble in two years or something like that, or if he pops up on a like I, I tend to watch the impact pay-per-views. If he pops up in an impact, oh yeah, great. Oh yeah, there's Jeff Hardy. But like long term, I'd really have no interest um in seeing him. Also, just to the point, it's always cool to get a new toy, but then again, what this is what we were talking about, AEW being top heavy, what happens to people further down the card? Do people just get kind of pushed further down? Okay, it's, it's still another flaw of AEW's product, unfortunately, but I think maybe if it's for short-term, 
Jeff might make a lot of sense. But if it's somebody else who's still got years ahead of them, I mean, they, they might just completely swerve us and just sort of bring somebody we none of us even considered. You know, so, because the face of the revolution is sort of, I think it's meant to be for sort of those up and coming talents primarily, but there's no shame in having like a, a seasoned veteran in there as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, absolutely. Um, well, I look forward to being a hypocrite when I watch AEW tonight and go, oh, that was Jeff Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's talk, we'll get two, uh, two big events this, uh, coming up this next week. Um, February 12th, the Power Trip, the NWA, uh, is part of the NWA pop-up event series. Uh, it's a super card uh, coming to you from the Valor Hall in Oak Grove, Kentucky. Uh, and it's made evented by Matt Cardona versus Trevor Murdoch for the NWA's World Heavyweight Championship. A host of who's who's here from SmackDown versus Raw 2008. Uh, we've got Camille <laughs> taking on uh, Taryn Tarell uh, for the NWA Women's Championship. Chris Adonis, the former uh, former Chris Masters, taking on Anthony Mayweather, the former Crimson from TNA. Uh, for the NWA National Championship. Uh, the OGK, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, formerly of Ring of Honor, we've seen them popping up in Impact Wrestling, taking on the Fixers, Jay Bradley and Wrecking Ball Ligurski. Uh, Nick Aldis taking on a name familiar to us people here in the UK, uh, Tom Latimer, also known as Bram, in an I Quit match. Uh, Kobe Carino versus Rhett Titus in a two out of three falls match. Chelsea Green versus Kyler Ray in a singles match. Eight-man eight man tag action with Sion, Matthew Mims, Alex Taylor and Rush Freeman against <laughs> Idol Mania Sports Management, a la Boston Idol. Tyrus, BLK, Jordan Clearwater and Marsh Rocket. Tyrus, the former Brotus Clay. Mm-hmm. I'm just seeing who BLK is. No, I can't remember him. BLK, jeez, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, and the Pope, not the guy for the Vatican, the <laughs> Elijah, Elijah Burke, Burke yeah, uh, taking on Mike Knox in a singles match. That is some. <laughs> that is that's some like stuff. that's WWECW uh, flashbacks right there. <laughs> yeah, um, but let's let's talk about um, Nick Aldis, Tom Lama. That'll be a, a great match, the I Quit match, but the. The big match on the card, Trevor Murdoch versus Matt Cardona. We were talking about it in our uh, podcast chat earlier on. Matt Cardona, since he's left WWE, not not using everything that he had in WWE, but using the bad press that WWE was getting to then get heel heat for himself, dressing up like Vince McMahon in the do-rag when he won the ECW title. To, take, to beat Nick Gage for the uh, Game Changer Wrestling title, turning it into a spinner belt, uh, turning heel on Jordan Grace and taking the Digital Media Championship over an impact. Um, the fuck Mick Foley shirt that he wore <laughs> to GCW in the Hammerstein Ballroom, uh, calling himself a sports entertainer and an ECW original. Just such an asshole heel that he's p- portrayed and it's it's amazing that this jacked guy was sort of 
back 10 years ago, he was a slender, blonde-haired guy who was using YouTube to get over. Now he's possibly one of the hottest guys on the independent scene. Uh, I hope he wins because, honestly, I think no harm to Trevor Murdoch. I know he's a, a seasoned veteran. It, it does look like a, an NWA flashback. But after, you know, Cody Rhodes... Sorry, let's start with Nick Aldis's first reign where he was wrestling in Ring of Honor as well as NWA. Cody Rhodes winning it on All In and then uh, Nick Aldis winning the title back. After those three reigns, Trevor Murdoch seems like kind of kind of a letdown, to be honest with you. Mm. And whereas Matt Cardona is on the up, he's an impact, he's... And GCW, GCW seems to be the hottest promotion going on the indies at the minute. Impact, always interesting. It gives people, I've said this before, more people should be going to Impact because they'll give you the tools to succeed. Mm -hmm. I would love to see Matt Cardona representing the NWA because his sports entertainer character spits in the face of everything that NWA is. Mm -hmm. So he would make the perfect heel I completely agree. Like Matt Cardona, you know, he's been one of the most talked about guys on the Indies and for a self-proclaimed sports entertainer to hold a national wrestling championship, like that would get, I think that would get so many eyes on NWA as a whole because they just want to see who's going to be the first person to defeat Matt Cardona. And but yeah, his transformation from the la- over the last 10 years has been remarkable. You know, he's just been sort of this sort of this guy who was originally in the tag team with Kurt Hawkins as the Major Brothers and sort of trying to break out in his own as a single star. You know, he was just hit with obstacle after obstacle and nobody really wanted to pull the trigger on him despite, you know, that brief United States title run followed by the one-day Intercontinental title run. He was just always lost in the shuffle, but his social media following is what kept him afloat. But nowadays, I think he's just sort of um, taken that and just completely turned it on its head. You know, he's gotten completely jacked. He's um, he sort of turned it into a character that although WWE would just reject right off the bat. Like, he's just taken everything that WWE hates about him and just completely just owned it now. And I'm really pleased to see how much progression he's made because I mean, say if WWE and AW weren't a thing right now, you'd want to keep your eyes on one person and that is Matt Cardona. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Um, let's move on to our second upcoming pay-per-view, the Vengeance Day pay-per-view. Um, this, well, not pay-per-view, it's a special event on NXT. Mm. Five-match card. We've got Carmelo Hayes defending the North American Championship against Cameron Grimes. A Toxic Attraction defending their women's tag team titles against Indy Hartwell. And I can never pronounce her tag Perja, partner. Perja Perota. Perja Perota, thank you. Uh, Pete Dunne versus Tony D'Angelo in a weaponized steel cage match. Uh, the Creed Brothers taking on MSK in the final of the Men's Dusty Tag, uh, tag Team Classic. And Braun Breaker taking on Santos Escobar uh, for the NXT Championship with 
with someone uh, watching on, Dave, I don't know if you saw NXT last night, Dolph Ziggler mm. uh, appearing at the Championship Summit and make his, making his intentions known. Yeah, that was... Um, I'd, I'd seen rumours uh, saying that Dolph's going to be moved to NXT now, given that I think it was Braun Breaker commented about Ziggler's performance in the Rumble on Twitter because he got eliminated by Bad Bunny. <laughs> and... Ziggler obviously takes exception to that, and then he said, "All right, well, I'll come down to NXT and, uh, and you know, give you a, a dressing down." So it's, I think we kite. I think there was the seeds had already been planted, so it wasn't a complete out of the blue shocker. But I think this would be a very interesting feud for Braun Breaker once he gets past Escobar. And Ziggler even said as well, you know, he's never won the NXT Championship. And it sort of takes you back to the old days of full sale black and gold NXT as well, because even though all the investment was on the, the stars of tomorrow, you still had, you know, some of the main roster guys come down and, you know, sort of fill the void, you know, help help these young guys go up against a seasoned veteran for the sake of either trying to put them over or it helps these sort of season, like these main roster guys, it gives them their own spotlight in the same way like it's done for... Uh, Cesaro in his feud with Sami Zayn. It did it for Tyson Kidd as well, which was really good. And even, you know, the odd appearance from, say, like CM Punk and The Shield as well. Like all these guys sort of helped Black and Gold NXT get off the ground. And I think they're starting to do the same thing again with uh, with NXT 2.0. Because if you see, if you get Braun Breaker going over a, a veteran like Dolph Ziggler, then it just puts more emphasis on him that he is going to be the future of the company, not just NXT as a whole. Yeah, I agree. Um, so you're going for Braun to beat Santos. Yeah. Goodbye. Um, talk about a WrestleMania matinee sort of, a, not takeover, but an NXT show. Um, so, hey, we could have a, a WrestleMania part 0.5 with him. <laughs> a, Braun Breaker taking on Dolph Ziggler. I'd I'd love to see Braun Breaker on the two night WrestleMania taking on Dolph Ziggler. I think that'd be great. Why not? Yeah, let's. He's. I mean, he's been. He's had a rocket strapped to his back since he first arrived, and I think he's one of the only. He's one of only three good things I like about the current NXT product. Well, let's talk about uh, one of the things I love about the product, which is Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes, North American Champion, War Games winner. A undisputed NXT North American champion after unifying both his and Roderick Strong's uh, Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, taking on Cameron Grimes, Cameron Grimes, former million dollar champion, he said, that's Ted DiBiase's legacy. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to get my own legacy. Do you see Cameron Grimes winning here? Or do you think the Rocket, much like the Braun Breaker on the upper card, and the mid card is fully strapped to Carmelo. See, this is a bit a bit trickier because Carmelo Hayes is the second thing I like about the NXT 2.0. And I mean, I wasn't big on him at first. You know, I thought maybe he's just going to be another face lost in the shuffle of black and gold. But for 2.0, you know, he is the mid card, the top mid card guy. And he's so fluid in the ring. It's It's unbelievable. But at the same time, Cameron Grimes has got a bit of a following going on ever since I think it was sort of start of last year when he had the the feud with LA Knight, etc. Uh, 
I'm, I would lean towards Carmelo on this one, but I wouldn't be surprised if Cameron Grimes put, either puts in a good showing or walks away with the upper hand so that it could maybe set up for a rematch down the line. I think this this has got legs to it and could stretch over a longer programme. Could this be one of those ones where he loses the first match, but maybe at the, let's just call it the, the WrestleMania matinee, because that's kind of how WWE described it. Uh, the WrestleMania matinee performance, uh, he gets his big win on, you know, WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, I think that seems seems more accurate in this instance. Uh, Carmelo has been doing a fantastic job. You know, he's got a couple of big wins under his belt. Cameron Grimes needs something big. And I think a North American title win, which he's been long overdue for the best part of two years now, having him, if he was to win that at a WrestleMania matinee show, I'd say it'd be thoroughly earned because he's been he's been working so damn hard for the last couple of years. I think he's he he's due a run with a type with a championship at some point. Yeah, maybe, actually, yeah. Maybe, not, maybe not this time around, but he will get it eventually. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you. Not now, maybe at the WrestleMania, but I think we are coming up for that time where I, I'll throw a name out here, and you know, some New Japan fans might not like it, but um, Kenta, not Kenta, what's his face? Kenta, no, Kishida. Uh, Kishida, Jesus Christ, Kishida. Mm-hmm. We're coming up for that time where, you know, Kishida gets so close to the North American title a couple of times and didn't quite win it. So then when he won the Cruiserweight title, which kind of felt like a like a backup prize, no one really bothered, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then once Roderick Strong beat him for the title, he just kind of fell out of the card and that was... That's him. He's in a throw, thrown together tag team just now, and he's not exactly flavour of the month just now. Cameron right. Grimes, I think, is getting to that stage where if he doesn't win the next title opportunity, he's not like he, he'll fall away. It could be a well. I mean, if if this is Bruce Pritchard booking, we're talking here. It wouldn't surprise me if Grimes won by DQ if Trick Williams got involved some in some capacity, and then that sets up a future program. So it makes Grimes look strong and it gives him an excuse to go after the title once again. Yeah, very true, very true. Um, let's talk about the Dusty Rhodes uh, Tag Team Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, nice for a change to see two actual teams in the final. You know, for years, it's um, it's always sort of been thrown together teams, but this is two years in a row, MSK are in the final. Last year, taking on Grizzled Young Veterans. This year, taking on the Creed Brothers, who defeated GYV in the other semi-final. And, yeah, the the Diamond Mind, I, I quite enjoy them, even though they chop and change every week. <laughs> um, MSK mm-hmm. are, on the, are on the hunt to get back their tag titles. Um, they've put quite a lot in AMSK and NXT 2.0, you know, the whole... The, the whole shaman thing and then teaming with Riddle, uh, even even getting Riddle to appear at New Year's Evil. Would you, do you think it's silly now to not go with MSK for a second year in a row and give them the, give them the tag title push? Or do you think it's time for someone new and the Diamond Mind and the Creed Brothers? 
I'm going with the Creed brothers here. I mean, I think MSK has just sort of fallen by the wayside ever since losing the tag titles. Not that they didn't do great last year, because last year they were brilliant. Uh, you know, just coming out of nowhere from, uh, I think they signed from Impact originally, and then they moved to NXT, and they just ran roughshod with it. I, and they're absolutely outstanding in the ring as a team. But obviously there was that story about, um, I think they got caught up with saying, like, telling Izzy, the NXT fan, to not get involved with wrestling training because she's still too young. Uh, and then people just sort of shat all over it. And I don't know if maybe they were just sort of held back or pushed down the card as a result of that. But the Creed brothers... I think... Sorry, can I, can I come yeah, in yeah. on that one there? The, the thing here was... And we, we, we won't name names of the promotion, but we've been to a certain promotion where certain people think because they go to every show, they're special and they deserve special treatment and they get to stand at the same spot every week or every month or every, you know, every certain pay-per-view, two nights in July. Um, and if they don't like someone... Everyone has to not like it, and you know if you don't if you don't go along with their narrative, they don't like it. That's sort of what um, people were describing NXT full sale as. And basically, Izzy took a bump. She's not been trained, but she took I believe she took a choke slam. And this was back in twenty eighteen, uh, and uh, I believe it was Nash Carter that commented on it, mm-hmm. saying you know, I'm sorry, but a child taking a bump is irresponsible. And he wasn't the only one to say it, and he's not wrong. Ah, he's not wrong. And basically, Izzy's mother and father have been telling people, boo them, boo them, and because they've got friends in the audience, because they go every week. Uh, certain groups were booing NS- MSK, but you had fans who weren't part of that wee clique coming in to see MSK, Get behind MSK and MSK were getting good reactions on the NXT house shows when they were getting out on the road, etc. etc. So I don't think they've been shat on. I think it's just a wee mm. clicky group of people, you know what I mean, that have decided, you know, how how dare you criticize Izzy? Like, Fuck Izzy, she's an asshole, she's a fan. She pays for a ticket. Well, she, I, I imagine she doesn't pay for tickets now that she's sort of a celebrity fan. So, you know, you, you get in, you get your seat, you get one voice, you get one opinion, you get yours, I get mine. Fuck them. <laughs> I'm, I'm rallying behind MSK. I had no strong feelings before. Well, I'll shoot, brother. No, well, I'll back the Creed brothers here because if you. Uh, they're actually already sort of in a feud with Imperium because them and Roddy went up against all three members of Imperium. I think it was last week or the week before. Uh, But yeah, I think that's already planting the seeds for a championship feud between Diamond Mine and Imperium. And the Creed brothers, you know, there's never been a a two-time winner of the Dusty Cup yet. And I think that's going to continue this time around. Like, because remember, Gristled Young Veterans were finalists two years in a row. Everybody thought, oh, they'll be the ones to defeat MSK. Uh, but no, lo and behold, it was this, um, it was the other way around. But I think Diamond Mine needs another booster after losing the Cruiserweight title from Roddy. And I think the Creed Brothers would be the way forward for that. So yeah, I'm going with the Creeds here. That's fair enough. Um, 
Toxic Attraction taking on Indy and Perota. I think this is a Toxic Attraction win. I think. Mm-hmm. I think if Toxic Attraction lose the titles, well, actually, I, I don't really know. Actually, I think the, the women's tag titles has been sort of like in like New Japan with the open weight title. That tends to be the title that changes hands all the time. Mm-hmm. But Toxic Attraction are on a pretty decent run. We saw last night. Um, spoiler alert: Mandy Rose defending against was it Kaylee Ray? Aye, Kaylee Ray. Um, so I think we'll have another tag title defence, unless Kaylee Ray gets involved and costs them the title just to get in the head of Mandy Rhodes. And Pete Dunn versus Tony D'Angelo. Pete Dunn sort of in a mid-card position, still being kept strong, feuding with new guys. Um, I really only see a Pete Dunn win here. Tony D'Angelo, I like as a heel, but I see him as a, a sort of character lower mid-card heel. Uh, he definitely is more of a character than he is a competitor, whereas Pete Dunne is is all competitor. You know, we've seen him a couple of times uh, perform live, and he's just massively over with the crowd. It doesn't matter if he's a, a face or a heel. And I get that he's sort of been flip-flopping over the last few years because he sort of naturally became a face as NXT UK champion, but then when he sides with Larkin and Birch, he becomes a heel. And then he's now that he's back on his own, I think he's sort of resorted back to being a, well... He'd be like, you know, what Ronda's meant to be doing. He's kind of like an anti-hero. You know, he doesn't scream like plucky underdog. He screams like brutalizer, which everybody loves. And in a weaponized steel cage, you know, why don't they just call it an asylum match? Like, that's just, uh, that was a cage with weapons and stuff. But um, um, I think this one could go either way as well, given that uh, Pete Dunne and Champa ended up having a dark match on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago, both... I assumed we were going to get called up after Champa lost the NXT title and after D'Angelo defeated Dunn in the Crowbar match. But if they're sticking around on NXT a bit longer, I think this one could go either way. I'd like Dunn to win, move on to another feud, maybe against the Grayson Waller. Um, Grayson Waller currently feuding with LA Knight. I'd like to see Pete Dunn, Grayson Waller, because uh, I think Grayson's due like a, a really good singles match, and I think Pete could give him that. Mm-hmm. And you maybe make that Pete's what his swan song from NXT because I believe he's twenty six, twenty seven now. I, th- I believe he is living in America full time. Mm-hmm. Done the you know the six hundred odd day UK champion run. He's you know, done everything he can do in NXT UK. I believe he's done everything he can do, bar win the title, which I don't believe he's going to do anytime soon. So I don't think he's sticking around. Dusty Cup winner, former tag champion. Yeah, I think the time's right for Pete Dunne to go to Raw SmackDown. Maybe a WrestleMania call-up, perhaps? I I wouldn't be adverse to see the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see him debut in that and win it, sort of like Corbin did. Aye, that'd be pretty cool. The the Battle Royal is either, oh, look, this big guy won it. He's going to brag about it for a week and move on. Or, oh, my God, someone knew. Someone, you know, they used it to launch Cesaro. They used it to launch uh, Baron Corbin, you know, in his debut. There's no in-between, you know what I mean? It's either a big deal or it's not. 
Aye. I think Dunn coming up and winning it on his debut could be a big deal. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a that'd be good. And if maybe they could, if it's a if it's a matinee type match, I mean, why not have a mixture of main roster guys and NXT guys? You know, have Champ in there as well. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind having it on the matinee because yeah, give the matinee something like a, a touch of WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Because it's kind of like what they did last year. Um, they had almost any, almost like a layover of WrestleMania onto the WrestleMania SmackDown, yeah. and that was the yeah. SmackDown tag title match and the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, which Jey Uso won. Yeah, and they they did not like that was a that was a, a big person won it. We're doing nothing with this. <laughs> then again, when was the last time we saw the women's battle royal? Was it Mania Thirty Five? Uh, it was Carmella winning it. Yeah, I think Aye. they only had one of those. Uh, no, they did it the year prior as well. The one that Naomi I think, won. I think we've only had two of those. Sorry. Aye, Naomi and Carmella are the only ones that won it. I think they need to bring it back for consistency sake. I because would you call it? They're just kind of you've got two nights now, so it's not as if oh my god, it's going to be, it's going to drag. No, it's it's going to would you call it? It's uh, it's going to fill the gaps, you know, break yeah. up the break up the peaks and troughs of the of the night. Exactly, exactly. Plus, who doesn't love a battle royal? Aye. <laughs> so we referenced earlier on uh, progress wrestling, progress wrestling. Uh, returning with a, a, a live show. Can't remember where they had it, but <laughs> Manchester, there we are. Progress chapter 128 technique. Technique, sorry, there we are. Um, progress under new management. John Isherwood managed to get uh, an interview with Ring of Honor World Champion John Gresham, who is also on the card. Don't expect to see him on the WWE Network, however. However, someone you might see on the WWE Network who appeared to confront Karen Noir after defended his uh, progress title against Dean Allmark is the current NXT UK champion, Ilya Dragunov. Uh, lights went down after the match. The lights went back up. Dragunov appears. The crowd go wild. The two stared daggers through each other before Dragunov cut a promo on Karen Noir. He referred back to their other clashes within the promotion and seemingly hinted towards another encounter in the future. Maybe this is a way to bring new people into WWE UK. WWE UK could use an injection of new people mm-hmm. and some fresh people. Uh, maybe this is a way to rebuild the relationship WWE had with the independency. You know, a lot of people weren't happy with how WWE were with... Um, with the indies taking people away from the likes of ICW, OTT, and Progress, when Progress, ICW, and OTT had some of their biggest shows of the year, uh, putting sort of handicaps on their shows, like, oh, you can be in the WWE Network, but, you know, that guy from AEW can't be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hopefully this is a way for WWE to repair the relationship with the indies, and it's good to see Progress Wrestling back because... We need more indie wrestling back. Aye. Like, WWE just needs to acknowledge that there are other wrestling companies out there. They don't own the whole world when it comes to 
the wrestling promotion. And NXT UK is one of those ones which is definitely much more focused around the the action in the ring as opposed to telling stories and uh, showcasing characters, which they still do, but just not to the extent, you know, it clogs up, you know, like 80% of the airtime and only 20% is left for matches. It's like almost flip reversed in that instance. And they need to acknowledge, like, in the, the only way they're going to expand their roster is with independent talent. Because once somebody outstays their welcome on NXT UK, they'll probably jump over to Florida and join, like, NXT USA, or they could even go to the main roster. And they need to keep stockpiling talent. And where are they going to get it from? Other promotions. So they need to have a two-way working system. But not only it benefits everybody, but it also it needs to be a fluid process so that you know people can work around bookings and but WWE just needs to stop being petty about you know having people of a certain promotion being on their network and stuff because you know it might affect their competition and their ratings and stuff but who nobody cares now everybody's watching like the most diehard fans are near enough watching every wrestling promotion out there so just open open the doors to expanding those relationships, particularly, you know, the smaller promotions like NXT UK and just work with the other UK independent companies. It's the only way it's going to help everybody, you know, bounce back after what's been a very difficult period in time. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, You talked about obviously needing new stars and when they do their time, they go to NXT and eventually the main roster. Former NXT champion who'd done his time and is now on the main roster, Big E Langston, or Big E. (laughs) (laughs) See, he went full on NXT name there. Uh, Big E. um, It's rumoured that his main event push is over for now. And there's a lot of talent upset that Big E basically just had the title snatched from him like that. And that's sort of a thanks as you were back to the new day because uh, Xavier Woods is injured uh, what are your thoughts because I think I think Biggie got caught up in the sort of imperfect storm you know Xavier Woods getting injured in the exact same time frame as Brock Lesnar is meant to fight Roman Reigns so then you're like, well, hmm, we could put the title on him and put him back on SmackDown, and then we've got... And then, obviously, the Royal Rumble, it was rumoured that Big E and Kofi had a lot of tag team spots that actually went to Orton and uh, Riddle, and because Kofi's, uh, Kofi messed up the timing of his uh, elimination spot, Big E ended up getting eliminated without any fanfare. I think Aye. Big E's being just caught in the, the imperfect shitstorm here, but I don't think he'll be out of the main event picture for long. I think as soon as Xavier Woods back, unless they're going to bring up the Diamond Mine or Imperial, uh, Imperium, sorry, um, then I don't see any three-man feuds for the New Day. So I don't see them being a three-man team for very long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Big E was just a victim of circumstance, I reckon. Obviously, with Roman catching COVID, so they didn't have the one-on-one match with Brock. Uh and I'm really disappointed about his Rumble performance as well. Like, they could have booked him to at least the final four. But, I mean, Kofi obviously botched up his his epic save, so that was ruined. They could have just let Big E run with it. You know, at least give him a, a standout performance and maybe have him give him a one-on-one interaction with Brock 
towards the end. But he was unceremoniously chucked out after about six minutes or so, and he didn't even get any eliminations. It's He was done dirty big time. And now to see him sort of relegated back to his sort of tag team role in the New Day, I mean, I'm not complaining about it because, you know, I've missed seeing the New Day as a as a trio. Uh, it just takes, it just feels like a massive step back after what, after how much progress he made over the last year, given that, you know, he broke out as a single star, he won the Intercontinental title, he won Money in the Bank, won the WWE title, arguably the best year of his entire career. And now it's just sort of back to where he was originally. It, it feels like yeah. a bit of a it's a bit of a shame, really. It feels very much like the Kofi situation, where it was Brock wins, and immediately we're moving forward because we've got Cain Velasquez for Saudi Arabia, and we've got Rey Mysterio for Survivor Series that we need to get to. And then, oh, by the way, Brock's going to be in the Rumble, and we're planning for Drew McIntyre. So there's no time for Kofi to get his rematch. Um, it, it feels very much like Kofi got caught up in the imperfect storm and the exact same happened to Big E so mm. <sighs> now they've just got to do the same with Woods and it's 3 for 3 yeah I look forward to 2023 when Brock Lesnar pins Xavier Woods <laughs> on an episode of Raw uh, for the WWE title or the King of the Ring crown <laughs> that's an epic crown by the way Anyway, um, should we get to the the question of the week? Yeah, might David, as well. David Campbell erroneously posts without my permission every week. I don't ask him to do this. He does it every week, but you know, we're we're men of the people here on Central, so we'll we'll read out the question as soon as you people answered. Mm-hmm. <sighs> He said, what is your dream elimination chamber match? Pick six competitors to fight it out and tell us who would win. God, David, that's really original. So let's read the comments here. Um, Alan Laurie says, Timothy Thatcher, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, Ken Shamrock, Haku and Danny Hodge. A hard-hitting elimination chamber, that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, elimination by tap-out or knockout only. Um Quacku would like to see Funny Brings the Money, R-Truth, Gene Money, Shug D, Session Mock Martina, Reginald and Orange Cassidy uh, in the Elimination Chamber. Uh, you've commented, I'll let you uh, go into your one in a wee minute, but uh-huh. Ryan Dalglish has picked a really interesting one here. Triple H, Dragonoff, Sami Zayn, Cactus Jack, Ricochet and Stone Cold. Uh, a real clash of errors in that one. That one's mm-hmm. quite cool. Um, <laughs> Robert Scott Shaw says, Sabu, Terry Funk, Mick Foley, New Jack, RVD and Tommy Dreamer with Squid Game rules. It would be the most <laughs> barbaric and brutal match in history. I'd watch that. Uh, Steve Wilson said, Stone Cold, CM Punk, The Macho Man, Brian Danielson, Seth Rollins, and Jeff Hardy. Again, another clash of eras. Um, David, you've went John Cena, Triple H, Undertaker, Chris Jericho, AJ Styles, and HBK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's call it generic all you want, but 
when you've got that much star power in there, I think having AJ, you know, he's got history with some of these guys, but not all of them. And can you imagine like AJ mix it up with Triple H or Shawn Michaels, something we've never seen in WWE? I think, you know, as, as much as it, as much as it would be teasing okay, I would still want to see it either way. And But when you've got, like, all these guys have got history with each other, I think the chemistry alone would be enough to sell this match. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, um, I think it made, uh, you, you've commented, can you imagine Triple H mingling with HBK? Mm-hmm. I mean, or Triple H. AJ Styles Triple H is a match I never thought of, but I think that could be a cracker. Mm-hmm. I mean, just imagine Triple H, AJ Styles at, say, let's just assume it was Mania 33. Right? Say if AJ Shane never happened and we got AJ Triple H instead, and if Rollins was out with his knee injury. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> that would have been pretty spectacular, I reckon. It's a match I don't think we'll see now, but I'm, I meant to ask you, you're a massive AJ Styles fan. We talked about mm-hmm. it last week. Um AJ Styles versus Edge, what are your thoughts on that? I'm all for it. Like, I, I recall it was a potential dream match after Edge returned at the 2020 Rumble. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, I'm all, all for it, for sure. Right, I've got my one, my Elimination Chamber. I never mm-hmm. read Campbell's question because I find him erroneous and... It makes me feel unwell looking at his face. But I've went with The Rock, Roman Reigns, Edge, John Cena, Adam Cole, and AJ Styles. And That's you've got a lot of, you've got the Edge storyline with Cena and Roman. You've got Roman's feuds with Cena. You've got Cena's feuds with The Rock. You've got Rock's relation to Roman. You've got AJ Styles, who's had feuds with Cena, Roman, bout of one with Edge fought Cole on the Indies and then you've got Adam Cole who I think I think should still be in WWE that's just my opinion I don't think he's exactly set the Heather alight in AEW Cole going up against Styles Cena Edge Roman and Rock matches I would absolutely love to see so that's my Elimination Chamber and of course The Rock wins because it's my game <laughs> and I decide No you know what yours wins just because I never even considered the possibility of an AJ Styles Adam Cole uh, interaction. Well, thank you very much. Um, see that, David Campbell? I win. I win again. It's <laughs> <laughs> a choke in my own rage, like most says, like. But that's going to do it. That's going to do it on this edition for another episode of Central. David, you and I, um, we tend to have Centrals where it's either. Not our forte, things like Progress, uh, NWA, where we're sort of casual, check it out on the internet viewers and not like, loyal fans. I look forward to us hanging up this call and there being some breaking news story that we could have talked about for hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just know it's going to happen, like whether it's going to happen tonight or tomorrow. Uh, but, you know, that's something to sink our teeth into next week. But obviously I won't be here to discuss it. It'll be one of the other guys hopping me and on. John will get in it. Me and John always have in-depth conversations because John always follows you. And <laughs> there seems to be a, a history with that. Um, Christ, I remember actually the releases when uh, Braun Strowman got released. Me and Ryan Wilson were recording live as that happened. 
I think that was the luckiest one we had. <laughs> but if you want to listen to our uh, back catalogue of Central, our interview with Jonathan Gresham, and our feature shows, feature shows such as that on the profile of Roman Reigns and Ronda Rousey, well, then you can check out our massive back catalogue on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. As I hit my pad there, <laughs> just search for Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Search that on Facebook and you'll find our Facebook page and our community page. And, of course, at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you name it. So, all it remains to say, thank you very much, David Hockney. Thank you very much. And I've been Ross McLeod. I'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McGrobby. We are the hosts of the monthly show on Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retreat East Meets West where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. You can remember to check that out on the Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retreat podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify or iTunes now. Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retreat.